We're not controversial. We're just culture. Cummings is culture. We're back. Did you miss me? I know you did. I missed me too. I missed every one of you. Looking at that title, I know you are. Fall of the Cabal. Is this a QAnon conspiracy? Is our democracy dead? What's happening in our country? Where do we go? Can America survive? Will it ever be the same again? We're about to answer these questions. We're about to answer them right now. Because it's not controversial. It's just culture. That's right. Cummings' culture is back, ladies and gentlemen. We took a short break, but... Hey. We are back. We are back. We are better than ever. And, you know, oh, I, I didn't even click that. How did that happen? The, 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 live, the live did it for me. 
the fall of the cabal. What does this mean? What am I talking about? Have I lost my mind? What's going on in our country? Is our democracy dead? What's happened to this place, man? How? Where do we go from here? Is this country going to survive? Is this country going to survive? What What about all of these uh, conspiracies and what what did, did we just witness the most massive voter fraud in American history? Did we just see the fall of our democracy? Did we? Did we? I think we're going to answer those questions. We're going to answer those questions the best of my ability to the best of my ability I'm going to answer those questions. Is our democracy dead? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. But as we see videos of Project Veritas exposing these postal workers saying that they receive ballots November the 5th or November the 4th, November the 5th, and they're, we're told to post-date them for November the 3rd. Well, that is election fraud. And these people are saying that, that yeah, this happened. And they're risking their jobs, and but they're saying, yes, this happened. These are federal employees risking, risking a very good-paying job to say, yes, this happened. What's happening to us, man? Where do we go from here? And the truth is, I don't know. The path this country's been on for a long time for a very long time has been a very disgusting path. What we have done is we have depended on government to hold our hands for so long. And we have sat back and we have let the government run our lives. That people with college degrees that go to be lawyers People that are in elected positions, they know what's better for us than what we know. They, they, they know us better than we know us. This is the fall of the cabal. This is what I mean when I say the fall of the cabal. See, because it's not a QAnon conspiracy to say that there are people in Washington that benefit from people being poor. There, that's not a conspiracy. That's not a right-wing conspiracy. That's not a left-wing conspiracy. That's fact. For too long, we have sat back in this country and we have let hell rain down on us. We have let the, the most disgusting, vile, corrupt people lead us because they have a paper from a university that says that they are a lawyer, which means they are a trained liar to govern us. We have sat back in this country and says, and, and have told the world that we can no longer govern ourselves. We have sat back in this country 
And when the mask mandates come in and they said, oh, you got to close your churches and you've got to close your businesses. But Walmart, Walmart, you don't have to close. You don't have to close Walmart. You can sell everything like normal. It's safe to go everywhere. It's not safe to go anywhere else. You can't go to church. But it's okay to go to Walmart. The largest retailer in the world. It's not safe. And you bought into that. You have bought into that. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. We're mandating you wear a mask. We're not asking you to wear a mask. We're mandating you to wear a mask. And that's what gets to me. It's not the fact. It's not the fact that the government would ask someone to wear a mask. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is they mandate you to wear a mask. And then everybody sort of just fell in line and said, okay. Is our democracy dead? Can we no longer govern ourselves? Can we can we not govern ourselves anymore? Can we not, as a country, sit down and look at what's going on right now? Look at our elections. If you have not seen these Project Veritas videos, whether you're on the left or you're on the right, this is disturbing. This is very disturbing that postal workers are risking their jobs by telling this man that there's this news outlet, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, which I know a lot of people say he's right-wing. I don't care if he is right-wing. These people are real people, and they really work there. You can't dispute that. These people are putting their jobs, their livelihoods on the line during COVID to say, listen, we backdated ballots. We were told to. This come from higher up. This come from higher up than the postmasters. This is a problem. And anybody who's got a problem, I don't care if it was Donald Trump that won. Anybody that's got a problem with anybody looking into election fraud, if you've got that problem that where you say, oh, well, I don't want this investigated and I don't want it in bed. Uh, we don't need an investigation. Yes, we do need an investigation. And if anybody, if it was Donald Trump that had won the presidency and it looked like this and they were saying that postal workers, uh, postal workers backdated ballots, I would be just as outraged. I would be just as outraged. this is our democracy whether you're a democrat or a republican stop putting d's and r's beside your name and put an a beside it put an a beside your name american the most american thing you can do is to vote right that's the most american thing you can do but vote legally legally Every legal vote in this country should count. And if Joe Biden wins the presidency, that's fine. But you cannot tell me 
when I was watching the election night coverage and I was sitting there and I was looking at Pennsylvania and I said, wow, Trump's got a 600,000 vote lead. They're saying there's four. Now this is, this is the honest truth. You can go back and fact check CNN on this. Cause that's who I was watching. I wasn't watching Fox. I was watching CNN. They said, oh, there's only about 400,000 ballots left. Well, Trump's got a 600,000 vote lead and there's 400,000 ballots left. Where's the other, where'd these ballots come from? Where did they come from? That's a question. Did they get wrong information and put it out on the air because they haven't apologized? They haven't said anything else about it. And they said, Anderson Cooper said he got that from uh, Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer and the guy at the board. I can't think of his name, John somebody. But they were saying that they were getting that information from election officials in Pennsylvania. Florida counted 10 million ballots. And we had a declared winner that night. 10 million ballots in the state of Florida. Florida used to be the place that was so screwed up that you couldn't even get a clear answer out of them. Florida counted 10 million ballots in one night. And you know what? All of these other states that say, oh, well, we couldn't count the votes and we wanted this to happen and we we had to have these votes in here and, um, you know, we, we want to give them three days after the election. No, man, screw that. Because that's what leads to this. That's what leads to this. Th- this is why, this is what's going on right now. This is what's screwed up about this whole deal. That's what screwed up about the whole deal is that everyone that's sitting there, everyone that's sitting there and saying, oh, well, you should be able to vote three days after. No, you shouldn't be able to vote three days after a freaking election. I had the Secretary of State of Alabama on this podcast, October the 6th. Go back and look at that podcast. Go back and listen to that podcast. Had him on the podcast. His belief was the candidates ain't going to change. The policies ain't going to change. You already know who you're voting for. Why not? Why wait to the end of October? Vote now. To make sure your vote counted, vote, vote October the 6th or the 10th. Send that thing on in. And we wouldn't have been in this situation. But... States that allow same-day registration, same-day sending out ballots to every registered voter or every citizen or however they did it, sending those people ballots, what's stopping them from voting on the day of the election, mailing that ballot in, and then going to the polling place and voting? Nothing. Because that ballot will be postmarked the third. Then they'll vote. 
then they'll get that other ballot. Well, now they're saying they got all these ballots to count. Well, they're not going to check that ballot. They're just going to say, okay, here's a ballot. It's a valid ballot. It's postmarked the third. Here we go. We'll count this. Run it through the machine. Oh, that's... Um, uh, Eric, you're more than welcome to call in, buddy. Anybody who's on the live, you're more than welcome to call in. Um, you just, you just don't know. I mean, what, what, what's happened here? What has happened to us? There, you want to, you want to see, you want to see why this outrages me. That this is go that this has went on, and it's not Democrat or Republican. Okay, that doesn't matter right here. That doesn't matter with what I'm talking about. Democrat, Republican, throw that out of there. You want to see why this outrages me? Go to Arlington Memorial Cemetery and look at all those people and say, look, we just pissed on everything you died for. That's what's that's what pisses me off. This voting process that we had here in this country, this election, this was the big, this is going to disenfranchise more voters than anything we could have done. And people saying that, oh, we don't need an investigation. Yes, we need an investigation. Yes, we need an investigation. We need to know if, and I think they will throw out a bunch of ballots. Let me just get that out there. They're going to throw out a bunch of ballots. It's going to be a ton of ballots get thrown out. But, man, where do we go? What, what, what are we doing here? I've heard people say we need to invoke the 12th Amendment where each state gets one vote and we need to elect our president that way. That's not the way this thing's supposed to play out. I know it's there for times like this. We're supposed to pick our president. We're supposed to pick our president. The American people are supposed to pick the president. We're supposed to have that right because people fought and died to give us that right. And we just went out there... And said, you know what? It doesn't matter. But that listen, it's not new. This is not new. And to some of you that say, well, you're just mad over the election. I'm not just mad over the election. I've been mad for years. I've been mad for years. Over the last two years, I've seen things in this country that make me sick. It just makes me sick on both sides of them, man. Democrats, Republicans, they both make me sick, man. Career politicians make me sick. And I'm so tired of talking about politics. I'm tired of talking about it. Why can we not just elect a president? Because this is all about power. It's all about control. Kamala Harris says that she'll... that. The vote, the violence in the streets will end as soon as Biden's elected president. 
Well, if Biden can stop the violence, why wouldn't he just tell them to stop the violence now? Because this is his country, right? He loves America. It's all about control. You've been controlled. And we're, we're, we're to the point where we fear politicians. We fear what they could do to us. We sit back and say, man, they can make one phone call and they could get our jobs. They could get everything taken away from us. You're not supposed to live in that fear, man. This is America. This isn't, this isn't Russia. This isn't China. This is supposed to be America. You're supposed to have a First Amendment right that says you have the freedom of speech. That if you don't agree with what's going on in your capital, in your state capital, at your city hall, at your county commission's office, at your in Washington, D.C., if you don't agree with what's going on there, you're supposed to be able to speak out about that. Because that's your right as an American citizen. But everybody is connected on this thing called social media. And you've got these social media warriors, these keyboard warriors that sit back and they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper sack. And they sit there and they all gang up together. And when they gang up together, they put you down and say, you're stupid. Your opinion doesn't matter. Opinions like buttholes. Everybody's got one. Said that a thousand times. But what really gets to me is that we have allowed Twitter, Facebook, which Instagram is owned by Facebook. Now Snapchat. Snapchat has taken down a taken down a video of Joe Biden saying that this year they have created the biggest election fraud scheme in American history. He said that it's on video. And people say, oh, well, he misspoke. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. He said it. It should be able, to, the American public should be able to watch that on all social media platforms. They should be able to watch that on anywhere on the internet because the internet's supposed to be a free space where everyone can go to voice their own opinions. But what has happened is Twitter has said, if you've never watched the, the, well, listened or watched because it's all available on YouTube. I still, I still think Joe Rogan Experience is available on YouTube. I don't know, but Jack Dorsey and that other woman that was with him, I can't think of her name. But when they did a sit down with Joe Rogan, they said, "Oh, we're not bound by U.S. law. We're bound by uh, UN law." They just said that they don't go by the Constitution, but they're an American company. They're an American company, but they refuse to follow our laws. They believe they're bigger than what... <laughs> Jack Dorsey testified before Congress, before the Senate, a week ago, that no, Twitter can't influence an election. Well, Jack Dorsey's a liar. Google says they can't influence elections. Well, Google's a liar. YouTube, which is a which is a subsidy of Google, which by the way, you can go look this up for yourself. Google 
whose parent company is Alphabet Inc., donated over a million dollars to the Biden campaign. So did Facebook. So did Twitter. Maybe not Twitter. I can't remember. So fact check me on that. I'll agree to that fact check. But I know Facebook and Alphabet Inc. gave over a million dollars to the Biden campaign. And you're telling me that you're going to donate to a campaign when you're a social media platform and you're not going to be biased? It doesn't matter if Donald Trump was the Democrat and they donated to him. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Our democracy is under attack. Like it's never been seen before. Is America going to die? She's on life support. And that's a cold hard fact that nobody wants to hear right now, but America's on life support. I guarantee you right now, Russia, China, North Korea, Germany. Germany claims to be our friends, but they won't buy our oil. They'll buy that from Russia. But, you know, we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to pay for them and, you know, UN stuff and sit back and let them do whatever they want to do. Um, They're sitting back right now and they're looking at us. And they're laughing. How did we get here? We had the greatest generation who went and fought World War II. Who stormed the beaches of Normandy. Fought the greatest dictator there ever was the biggest criminal there ever was an Adolf Hitler and beat him where's the American where, where, where's the American pride that was there during the Great Depression I said we're down but we're not out where is that it's inside you we've just got to find it but America, she's on life support. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to get you into... I'm not trying to push propaganda. I'm telling you facts. America's on life support. And it has been. It has been. Pushing outrageous theories of the Green New Deal and all of these other insane policies that would kill the bank accounts of millions of Americans, saying that we need socially run health insurance or health. The government couldn't run the VA. I talked to someone the other day. I, I didn't even know that her husband was a veteran. I don't know how she voted. But you know what she told me? She was talking about the VA and how before Trump got in office that her husband had a colonoscopy. And they did it in a broom closet. 
and they didn't sedate him. Now I asked her, I said, well, how's the VA doing now? And she said, it's better than it's ever been. Obama didn't do that. Obamacare didn't do that. Socialized medicine's not going to do that. Do you know why that happened? Because they got doctor's choice. When they used to have to go to the VA and get terrible care, now they have a choice of going to a doctor in their own hometown. But they want to put socialized medicine in this country. You know what that means? If your grandmother who's 60-something years old, let's say she's 67, 68 years old. Okay. Say she gets cancer and the doc, under socialized medicine and the doctor says, well, we need to start treatments right now and if we start treatments right now, then she'll live and she'll be fine. But we have to ask a board if we can go ahead with treatment. Well, that board's based out of your state capital, let's say. Okay, it goes before that board, but they're handling thousands, if not millions of cases a day. Let's say that drags out six months, because it's likely that it will. Well, then she gets approved, and she goes back, and the doctor says, oh, I'm sorry, it's terminal. We can't do nothing for you now. If we could have done something six months ago, you might would have lived. That's, that, that's the realities that we're facing as a country. That's the realities we're facing. that socialized medicine, it doesn't work. It's never worked. It never will work. He says he wants, Biden says he wants to create a public option. But we're still going to have, <laughs> we're still going to have private health insurance. Well, the private health insurance is going to be so high because they're having to compete with the government who's free. That you're going to have to take the public option. And only the rich will be able to afford the private insurance and get the care they need. See, sometimes free doesn't mean it's the best for you. Will America survive this? I don't know. It has before. But I'm optimistic. I'm trying to be optimistic. Where do we go? If we lose this... This is what I don't think people understand. If we lose this country, if this country becomes socialist, 
if this country becomes like Russia or China or the UK, there's nowhere else to go. This is democracy's last and only stand. There's nowhere else to run to. There's no other place like this on earth. If we lose this, it's gone. And I don't know if we'll ever get it back. There's people that are done posting on social media. Quote from Jefferson. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time the blood of patriots and tyrants. And there's people that are pushing that already. And this is scary. This is a scary time. And I don't know where we go from here. I don't. And I don't know if we're going to survive. And I don't know if we'll ever be the same again. But I know one thing. We can't pull the plug on it yet. Because America really is on life support. If what these people have said is true, if what these postal workers are saying is true, It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. What's going on, man? I'm doing good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, Happy I'm Friday. Good. Hey, man. What's up? Well, I think, you know, we, I mean, to me, this looks like we, we could be seeing uh, some sort of coup attempt to unfold for us. That kind of mimics, you know, George Orwell's 1984 to a certain degree. That's well, the way I see it. Uh, it's it, it's it's scary. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it, it, you know. But but is this is not just going on at the federal level. This is going on been going on at state levels for years. It just now it, you know how everybody talks about trickle down economics. Oh yeah. Uh, this was trickle up corruption. Oh yes. They, they got away with it at the local level for so long that they tried it at the state levels. Well, then they did it at the state levels and it worked. And now they had COVID and they had the perfect excuse. And if all of this is true, that these postal workers did and were told to backdate ballots received after the third and these states, then they did it at the federal level, and man, they—they—that's just—that's insane to think about that—that that our country uh -huh. has come to that point. Oh yeah. Um. So what you got going on on this Friday night? 
I've, um, for the past couple of days, I've been um, watching my nieces and, um, you know, since my sister-in-law is, you know, had to like go in the hospital, I mean, to, to make sure she wasn't suffering like severe pregnancy complications, she, she and my brother have got a, another daughter due in late November, early December, but daughters maybe decided to go ahead and take, take baby Mila early. Hmm. You know, and, nope. but, um, you know, of course, I mean, I, I welcome Mike, you know, friends of your show and, and our other great podcast friends, you know, to keep my, my brother Ty and, and my sister-in-law Jill in, in their thoughts and prayers and, you know, and, and the, and the soon to be, the, the soon to be arriving baby Mila. Mm, well, we definitely will. Yeah. But I'm already prepping for tonight's a slightly serious show. And, um, you know, and then I know me and John DeVito had like a great show, like late yesterday afternoon, early yesterday evening. And, um, and, um, and so far I think me and me and Sylvie are working on booking a guy who made headlines in Colorado four years ago, you know, you know, like who, um, was an elector and, um, and, um, you know, and he didn't keep his word on voting for Hillary Clinton then because he was neither a Clinton supporter nor a Trump supporter from what I read about him. But I'm going to reread to make sure that information is correct when we pre- presented and invite him on. And, and you know, and, and our main host slightly is going to be in contact with him very soon on scheduling his appearance. You know, I just wonder if that's going to happen. Like when they when they go to... Uh... When they go to play the, the faithless electors, yes. I mean that 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 would probably be an interesting subject because I thought if, if that was relevant back then, I wonder if that would be relevant now. Well, you got to think about it in Georgia too. When when Georgia goes to pledges to pledge its uh, electorate, which now there there's still eight thousand ballots in Georgia that have still have not been counted. The military ballots have not been counted. Um, from what oh, I, yes. From what I've looked at and been told, the military ballots in Georgia have not been counted, so that race is far from over. Um, I oh, expect yes. those. I expect those ballots to go overwhelmingly Trump. Um, but you also have to wonder about Arizona and Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, because I, I, I think some, something improper went on there. Because I, I don't think the people in Rust Belt states like. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania would willfully cast their vote, you know, for the unemployment line. Well, um, when I had John Merrill on this podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. Alabama, he's the secretary of state of Alabama. um, Alabama allows the military to vote online. I mean, for, I think for me, uh, living here in Georgia, I mean, I don't trust online voting. Who's to say that, you know, Russia or China or or another foreign entity couldn't ha- hack into our election system um, in a manner and um, and override the will of the people. And much like I don't trust this mail-in ballot system that, that started, uh, you know, when, when the whole coronavirus pandemic started. But, th- th- you know, there are people out there, whether the whether you call them conspiracy theorists or conspiracy realists, believe that the, the pandemic may be more of a pandemic that that this might have been like a, a concerted effort to get Trump out of the picture. 
because, and I know granted Trump is not a perfect person. I mean, nobody is. Um, and I look, look at the situation like, you know, I, I know Trump may say unflattering things and, you know, and say things that many people would consider, you know, very taboo, but, but, but at the end of the day, you have to recognize that he's the kind of person who is not afraid to say what's on his mind. Therefore, you, you could basically just say that he is unapologetically unfiltered. And I think a lot of people like that, but, but to look beyond, you know, his personality flaws, you know, he's, I mean, he's a damn good businessman. I mean, he knows how to get the job done and, and, and knows how to tell hard truths to people that people don't always want to hear, but they need to hear, you know, and renegotiating bad trade deals. But, but it seems like all the good things that he's done during his presidency are basically overlooked and ignored. It, it's always the bad stuff. Yeah, they, they, um, they, I, and the bad stuff that they talk about, um, and you like have to question when, if they, that bad stuff they say about them is even true or not. Yeah, like the what when they said when the Atlantic article came out on Trump, I don't know if anybody, I, I mean, I talked about it, but I don't know how many other people talked about it, and I don't know how many other people even called it. But if you go back and you notice. The Atlantic article about Trump calling the military members losers or whatever, that came out 24 hours after the video came out of Nancy Pelosi going into a hair salon without a mask. 24 hours. That's not a that that's not that's not a uh that's not a conspiracy theory. That's not I mean that's fact. That right. Yeah, I mean they did it. And I, I didn't believe that article. The Atlantic is a terrible newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's it, they have been caught lying so many times. Um. So I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous that that they would even put something like that out there. But you've got the gullible people who, instead of researching something, they think, "Well, I'm a Democrat. I'm gonna believe that." Um, you know, I think they, they basically believe lies and mis- misinformation to be truth. I mean, much like they believe truth to be lies. Because it's like they're living in this fantasy world and they can't escape it. it, it it's like denial for them. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day and he said, you know, there was a book that was written about this. And like when you said 1984, the scenario being played out, mm-hmm. uh, this guy goes, uh, this guy goes, there was a book um, that said that um, when the end of this thing comes, they're going to call their good evil and their evil good. Oh, yes. And I was sitting there and I got to thinking about that. And I thought, man, you know, there's never been a truer time than that statement, you know, applies to than right now, because people are just people have went insane with the idea that they are so like everybody believes they're correct and there's nothing you can do to change anybody's mind. You could throw down, let's use aliens as an example, because I don't want to use a poli- I don't want to use politicians as an example here, but there's, but there it's like somebody who says, Oh no, alien life is impossible. It can't exist. It can't exist. It can't exist. Well, then you could bring an alien in front of them and throw down a DNA test and compare that to a human and say, look, man, here it is. Here's the proof. No, no, no. They still wouldn't believe it. And that happens with 
politics. It happens with absolutely everything because everybody believes they're informed when nobody actually, I mean, if you take the time to look into everything that is actually going on in our country, it will make you sick. Oh yeah. It's just, it's so disgusting. The fact that the, the way our country's going and we've got someone and Kamala Harris that she's way more there. radical than Bernie Sanders and AOC is. And she sits there and she okay, did, did you ever did you ever look into the thing where oh she was first elected to the Senate? She was called the first Indian American elected to the Senate. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I mean I, I'd oftentimes thought she was just African American, but no pun intended. I mean but I, I didn't really know her her like full ethnic background. Yeah, her mother is an Indian. Mm-hmm. Not a Native American, but you know, an Indian from the And when she was elected to the Senate, there was an article that came out. Anybody can fact check me on it. I don't care for anybody fact checking me. But there's there the articles read, the front page of all these papers read Kamala Harris becomes the first Indian American elected to the Senate. Well, fast forward to twenty twenty. And while the time that she was attorney general of California, she put more black people in jail than any attorney general in the state of California's history. Um, it fast forward to 2020. Oh, she's the first uh, black woman to be a vice presidential can- candidate on a major party's ticket. Oh, yes. And uh, that, that bothers me, man. They, they pander. The pandering's what gets to me, and people believe they care about them. You know what the difference is when you get a Democrat and a Republican who's been a career politician for 20 years? You know what the difference is when you get them behind closed doors? They're all one and the same, in my opinion. It's nothing. There's no difference in them. They're looking out for themselves and how they can pad their pockets even more. Oh, yes. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care if a law they pass kills thousands of people. As long as it benefits a certain group of people, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So it just, it doesn't matter. It's like when I was talking about socialized medicine. Biden says that he wants a a public option. What's going to happen is there's going to be a public option, but... And then there's going to be your premiums out here on your private health insurance. Normal average day Joe isn't going to be able to afford the private health insurance. So he's going to have to go on the public option. So he's not going to get the best care. He's not going to get the care he would get if he was already on his health insurance that we had before. So now he's got to go to a public system where he's going to be thrown in with millions of other people and only a certain class of people are going to be able to afford the private option. Right. But, but, you know, I I would hope that there might be be some sort of something miraculous would happen in that the tides would really turn in those states that looked to be, you know, tilting in, in Biden's favor that, that all of a sudden they almost like overnight tilt back into Trump's favor and then 
you know, I don't know if this show's right explicit, but you, you could probably bet the media would really lose their shit over this. Oh, yeah, because right now they are. Uh... But I think at the same time they want Trump there because their gravy train would stop. Or that's what I secret, think they secretly want. They're 4,000 votes apart in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's go over here to Arizona right now. They are. Uh, about 17,000 votes apart. And then you go over to Nevada and let's see, they're about 23,000 votes apart in Nevada. And then you go to Pennsylvania and they're 20,000 votes apart. I just don't see how Trump loses a 600,000 vote lead. Um, when some of these ballots started coming in, they were like, oh, there's another 100,000 votes for Biden. I was like, wait a minute, 100,000 votes came in and not one person voted for Trump? They do realize that that's mathematically impossible, right? Oh, yes. But but they're going to probably doctor it up to, to make it look legit. Um, I don't know if you um, follow... Our newly elected senator here in Alabama, Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping he would get it because I think, because I know Jeff Sessions was trying to get his old seat back, but, but, but I, I think Jeff Sessions is probably just better off staying retired. But, but then you also have to wonder whether you know Richard Shelby, if he's getting about ready to announce that he's not seeking re-election two years from now, because you know Richard Shelby, I think he's like. I'd like to say he's like 86, 87 years old. He's 88. Wow. Oh, I, I thought Diane Feinstein was older than him. He is 88 years old. I mean, uh, pushing 90 at that. Well, um, when I had uh, John Merrill on the podcast, see, there's a rumor. I don't know how you, familiar you are with him. Um, but don't think I've heard of him. He, he got in the Senate race. And he got in the Senate race because of, you know, Sessions had told him that he wasn't, I mean, this isn't any secret information. He said this on my podcast, um, that Sessions had told him that he wasn't going to run. So Merrill gets in the race and then Sessions jumps in the race behind him. So then he gets out of it. But, see, I, I tried to ask him because in two years, there's a there's pretty, you know, good belief here in Alabama that John Merrill is going to either run for Shelby's seat if he retires or he's going to run for governor. Mm -hmm. And his answer to that was, well... Senator Shelby has a sister that's 91 and he's got another one that's 94 and they're both doing great. Oh yeah. So I don't know if Shelby is going to retire. I mean, if he does, then I think John Merrill will run for that. Cause he can't run for secretary of state of Alabama anymore. True. Uh, I think he'll run for the Senate and I think he'll win. Uh, he's a very likable person. Um, 
uh, really down yeah. to earth person. I mean, anybody could just go up and talk to this guy. He's not like a normal politician that were, you know, if, you know, for some people feel like, oh, I can't go talk to him. He's a senator or he's this or he's that. Man, John Merrill's one of those people, man. You just walk up to him and say, what's up, John? You know? <laughs> so I think he, I think, I think if, if Shelby retires, he'll. Yeah, I'm just uh, wait, waiting for Shelby's campaign to make that formal announcement, you know, at, at any time, when, whenever that'll be. Um, because we, we already know that confirmed Senate retirements coming up in 2022 include Richard Burr of North Carolina, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Well, they can start fundraising in February or March in Alabama. Yeah, he has a lot by the law. If if he's not fundraising by then, I think you can pretty much just bank on he's going to retire and that he would go ahead and... I think if he's going to retire, he'll announce it in January. If, um, if not sooner. Yeah, if not sooner. But I, I would expect it around January because... Um, I mean... Look at how like Barbara Boxer and Barbara Mikulski in January and March of 2015 announced that they weren't seeking re-election to their respective Senate seats out in California and up in Maryland. Yeah. Because I, I think that those the two Barbers there, you know, saw the handwriting on the wall. Well, it's... And, um, if, if Shelby doesn't seek re-election... Um, it will be Merrill on the Republican side. Merrill will win that race. I don't know why anybody would even run against him. But Will Ainsworth, lieutenant governor, may get in that race. I don't know. But Or I don't know whether Kay Ivey would uh, consider running for that or not. You know, uh, like Alabama's governor. Or, But I don't know how popular she is with the people of Alabama. Um, not over this mask order. She's not, she, she, she's not really popular anymore. Um. Her popularity is taking a dip. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know if she's term limited or not. No, she can actually run again. Uh, um, but. She was, uh, she had to take over for Robert Bentley because she was the lieutenant governor when he resigned. Yeah. And, um, he, uh, she she finished out his term and then she just ran for her for what would be her first term this last time so she can run again in 22 so i i don't know if she will or if she will seek that senate seat um yeah i would uh i would be shocked if she was to seek that senate seat Oh yeah, um, but um, the Senate's going to be very. If Biden becomes the president of the United States, the Senate is very important, and there's going to be. What is there going to be two runoffs in January in the state of Georgia? I think um, there, there's definitely the runoff with Kelly Loeffler and whoever you know she's running against, and I think it's a Democratic challenger. But um, I'm ho hopeful that you know David Perdue is going to pull off his win against John Ossoff and, and, and avoid going to a runoff. Those would be crucial. 
Well, I know Tom Tellis lo- lo- looks to be doing good in North Carolina. I know, and I think Joni Ernst up in Iowa has got it, and then Shelley Moore Capito easily won her re-election bid in West Virginia. And, but, um, but I know um, out in Arizona, it doesn't appear to be looking good for Martha McSally, unless, unless like a s- sudden change of events were to occur. Um, Martha McSally, she's never won an election. She's been appointed to that seat, I think, twice now. Um, she she was she was appointed to John McCain's former Senate seat, you know, in accordance to Arizona's constitution. She had originally run in 2018, you know, to succeed Jeff Flake, who had retired, but Kirsten Sinema wound up getting that. But she wound up being appointed. But you know, but but, but Kirsten Sinema. You know, even though she's a Democrat, earned the title of being the the fir- first you know woman senator from Arizona elected in her own right. You know, g- given her the distinction of being the first ever woman senator from Arizona. I, I just don't. I, I don't know, man. They, this is the way yeah. the way these the way these votes have has really and now now let me ask you something they're talking about invoking the 12th amendment where only one state gets one vote and if they do that now if the governors go voting by party lines and they appoint someone to go vote for them by party lines the republicans have a 26 uh the republicans are i think it's 26 23 or something like that, twenty six, twenty four majority. If that was to go, and how they vote for the president due to the twelfth amendment, I haven't looked into it completely to see what you know all that entails. But right, if they invoke the twelfth amendment, you think we're going to see a ton of riots because Trump's going to win re-election, of course. If they, you know, if that's the way that plays out, um. I know it's going to be interesting to say the very least, but only time will tell. Yeah, I think that I think that Arizona, um, Wisconsin. There, I, I seen an article by CNN. They were they were complaining and and crying about you know Trump already filed for a uh, recount in Wisconsin. They're only twenty thousand votes apart in Wisconsin. Why wouldn't he want to recount? That's, you know, well, I would want them to make sure, you know, that that things were done properly and that and that there was no illegal or shady activity. Well, anytime you're dealing with a government, there's shady activity. Um, they, they just don't they don't have the, you know, and shame on us. I want to say this before I, I end this podcast, but, you well, know. Shame on us, man. We've we've allowed this, and you know. Well, I think the word you're you're basically looking for is you know is apathy and complacency on on the part of fellow Americans. Because I mean, sadly, that is what has happened. Is is we as a society have 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 you know become complacent and have allowed ourselves to be mesmerized by by all by what we're we're seeing unfold before us. Well, we've allowed these people to go to Washington for years, for years. And they said they represented us, but you go out and you look on our streets 
and, and you go and you look in their districts, and <laughs> there's not one freaking thing they've ever done for those people, but they keep putting them in office because they say, oh, well, I like the way he smiles, or I like the way she looks, and they waved at me one time, so I'm going to vote for them. I- and that that's what's wrong with our that's what's wrong with our country we've gotten to the point like right now um we've got them on the county level oh yeah i mean where i'm from that good old boy stuff man that goes on around here all the time oh yeah and i'm pretty sure it goes on over there in georgia too i I think it's all around but that good um, old boy mentality, man, we've got to kill that. It's got to die. Exactly. Um, yeah. So how was the, did you, did you go to a polling place to vote or did you vote by mail? I, I, I went in, per, in person to do early voting at a voter precinct um, location about, about 15 minutes from my house in the same county that I live in where I'm registered to vote because like, I don't trust the mail-in system. I don't trust doing it online. I'd rather do it in person. And, um, and, and then the, them see my ID th- to show that, that I am, that I am le- le- legally registered to vote and, and that I am who I say I am and that I have no, no kind of malicious intent whatsoever to over overthrow my government. Was there, was there lines to vote? When you went to vote, I mean, they, they were they were they were pretty lightly. There were there were some lines that stretched like across the the front of like a cup, you know, like a couple of stores because this vote vote voting registration office was located in a shopping center. Oh, so um, which I think that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting. It it's like in what used to be like an old like Walmart store long before that they started converting. To like new like super center WalMarts like when they were like the discount city stores. Yeah, I was wondering because we have to go vote at um, my voting location is of course at the high school, but if I wanted to um, um, in person early vote, which I did October the sixth, I did in person early vote um, because I had a podcast that day. And I had a lot going on that day, and it was going to be too late for me to cast my ballot. But um, that was just a, um, you know, municipal election. But um, we actually have to go to City Hall to do our in-person uh, absentee. Right. And I was wondering if that was that way all over the country. Do you have to go to the courthouse or to the uh, city hall, or how, how did it work in your? Area? I think you um, have to go to like a, a county like voter registration office. Um, but the thing is, is like the voter registration offices. You would think, like, why do they not have like their own like government property? Why why is this located in a shopping center? Which, I mean, I don't know what the the how much they pay in in lease every month. When that they could be in own, be located in a in a government owned f- property, and you know they own land that they could easily do that on. It's just like uh, TVA mm-hmm. owns these thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of land, and you've got government entities. And here I am, I'm about to go off on a little spill here, but you've got government entities 
that that pay thousands and thousands of dollars a month in rent and the Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, you know, all in the Tennessee Georgia. Valley, uh, Georgia, and the you know, all up in this area, they also pay even the Carolinas and Florida. Yeah, they pay thousands in Arkansas, and Louisiana, and Texas, maybe, perhaps millions of dollars they spend on rent. Could we not cut off an acre? Listen, I know it's forest, and we're not supposed to be you know messing with it or whatever. Could we not cut off an acre and put a government building there instead of paying millions of dollars a year in rent? Exactly, because 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 I think that right there would would be a waste of taxpayer money having to pay rent like to have like government offices like in a in a shopping center. Yeah, it's. Um, but but I know re- retail like even during this pandemic is and even in the age of like Amazon is like kind of taking a hit to the point that a lot of your brick and mortar stores are like now on life support. Well, that's sort and of you have to governor's. wonder if they're even coming back. That's sort of the governor's fault. I mean, of the, the of the states, that's the governor's fault. Because you know how ridiculous it was that, you know, if you had a clothing store, you couldn't sell your clothes because it wasn't safe to come into your clothing store. But everybody could go to Walmart because COVID didn't exist in Walmart. That's what I had a problem with. You know, Walmart could stay. If if Walmart was, was supposed to be selling essential, if Walmart was declared essential and they were only supposed to be selling essential items, then Walmart should have been told, okay, you can't sell clothes, you can't sell video games, um, you can only sell essential items, like 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 food for human and pet consumption, and you know, and like toiletry items, motor oil, that's fine, uh, that's yeah, essential, but, but but sporting goods and you know, and toys, I mean, much like clothing and appliances, electronics, you know. You know, not so much unless certain clothing items were exempt. Yeah, see, they didn't take a. They didn't take Walmart. Didn't take a hit during this thing, man. They got even richer. Um, mm-hmm. because they were the only game in town in most towns. Um, and these other stores were ha- are having to fight to survive now. And it's ridiculous that during this pandemic, and and I mean, again, shame on us because it was our fault. We sat back and even business owners sat back. If they would have just went and opened their business and told the governor, what are you going to do? You going to come shut me down? Come shut me down. If they would have just done it, that couldn't have, it could not have survived a legal challenge. Because you were saying it was okay for Walmart to open, but not this store. It couldn't have survived a legal challenge. So, you know, and, just shame. And then even our, and then our friend slightly serious. He owns like, you know, like one or two vape shops, but but yet the the vape shops in California were not considered essential. But but you know, like the pot dispensaries and um, and and regular like tobacco stores. You know, and 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 hookah suppliers could could remain open because they were considered essential. But in the case of hookah, they, they get a cultural exemption. And and there there is legislation that is pending in California that that I think the vape industry is trying to petition to go on the ballot in twenty twenty two. You know, to pre- prevent that law from being enacted sooner. Well, it's just I mean. It, 
if you have a business, if they give you a business license, I'll put it this way. If they if they give you a business license and they and they they put taxes on it, you should be able to open whether it's a pandemic or not. Exactly. Okay. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, I'm sorry to anybody who thinks that we need to stay shut up in our homes. And listen, if you're elderly, if you have elderly parents or whatever, I understand you social distancing. I understand you wearing masks because I wear masks because I have grandparents who are up there in age and i don't want to give them covid um so i'm not getting down on anybody for wearing masks or anything like that i'm just getting down on the fact that it's absolutely ridiculous that we sat back and allowed our government to become a tyrannical government but all in the face of all in the name of safety there was no such yeah. thing. I mean, because Lowe's was open, Home Depot was open, Walmart was open, major retailers could open, but mom and pop stores couldn't open. Man, I tell you, that, that's, that's a load of crap what that was. And uh-huh. everybody just sat back and let them do it. Just sat back and let them do it. And, 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 you know, when they get down on churches, a lot of people say, well, churches need to pay taxes if they want these legal protections. Because we passed a law that says that you can shoot somebody if they come in the church and start shooting. Well, in 1987, my mother was shot inside a church. She survived, but this is not a new thing. People think that church shootings and school shootings are a new thing. They're not. They're just politicized now. And we have allowed them to politicize tragedies after tragedies after tragedies. Now to covid they politicized it. They they put they put Walmart and all these major retailers on front. And just like they've always done, they put the American people on the back burner. Oh yes. But hey man, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you coming on. I gotta end this right. pretty soon. Well, it was great talking to you, of course. Um, you know, and you know, look forward to you. Do, doing more shows very soon and and ho- hopefully if you're interested um that you might we might see you later over at slightly serious and and at trice talk and um and whenever john devito ha- has shows scheduled again very soon in the in the old man's podcast with dina joe and eric and tall tales in the rabbit hole and the talking corner and a host of other great podcast friends of ours where we're having like substantive you know, and informative and stimulating conversations that, that need to be had. And even our friends over at VOP USA radio, I mean, cause I'm even seeing like the twi- Twitter hashtag trends, like, like stop the steal and stop social media censorship and, and, and so forth. And anybody who just listened to that, if you don't follow any of those people, go follow them. We got to help each other out because we got to get serious talk out. The, listen, I call it serious talk, and the reason I call this serious talk is because these are conversations that need to be that 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 need to be put on the forefront because these are not just our conversations and us just talking into a microphone to just to try to get a couple people to listen to us. This is about real people talking about real things about everyday life stuff you think about stuff that you want to say sometimes people are too scared to say it on this platform and there are people out there that are willing to do it so go support them 
And um, right, Eric, I want to thank you for coming on. It's great, great talking to you, of course. All right. Well, uh, slightly, I just got a, a notification. Slightly serious comes on in under, in under one an hour. hour. So go. No, that was me. Yeah, so go going over there, check him out. I'm getting off. He's coming on. So listen, you you've got entertainment all night. All right, I want Love to you. God out. bless you, everybody. All right, man. Well, uh, we th- want to thank everybody for coming on, and remember. Like always, I hope these podcasts find you in good health. We're not controversial. We're just culture. Like that said, I'm not controversial. I'm just culture. Good night, everybody. <laughs>